Welcome, my name is Najar, better known as Woozy, and this is the Creative Balance Show presented by Woozy Apparel, a show where we sit with creatives, hustlers, entrepreneurs, and other brand builders to understand their stories and the balance needed for their success. Today, we sit down with Moon Khan of Mafia Motorsports. He runs a popular car shop on the outskirts of Torrance, California. This isn't your everyday car shop though. This is one of those places where you come to share in the passion for the hobby. With well over a decade in the business, Moon shares with us how he came to love cars, what it was like growing up in Inglewood, and why trust and reputation is more important than living a lavish life. Enjoy the show. Welcome, guys, to the Creative, the Creative Balance Show. I'm your boy, Woozy, and we're here at Mafia Motorsports in Torrance. Yep. Um, I'm here with my guy, Moon, but I'll let him introduce himself. What's up, guys? I'm Moon. Uh, I'm the owner of Mafia Motorsports out here in Torrance. Yeah. yeah. How, so, like, where did the name of Mafia Motorsports come from, first of all? Honestly, it was just something catchy that I thought of because I was like, I need to get something to gain traction. Like, I want people to, like, when they hear the name, they're like, wait a minute, you know? Like, I want them to think twice. So, coming from my background, where I'm from, my family were kind of like, you know, mafia family, right? Uh So, I was like, it's only fitting. So, I kind of was like, all right. When I first started, it was initially called JDM Mafia Mm -hmm. because we were into Hondas and stuff. You know, I started the company when I was 19, so I was still in my, like, late teens. Yeah. And, uh... I just ran, like, I just made, like, a mock-up. It's funny, because your brother was the first one I told I was going to open a shop. Mm-hmm. And I texted him my first little design. you just laying in bed, you know, on your phone, messing <laughs> yeah. with a with a design app. And I made, like, a Run DMC kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. But it said JDM and then Mafia under it. Okay. And it looked dope. Like, it was like, damn, this is pretty sick. You yeah. know, like, you visualize it, but when you put it together and you see it, you're like, okay, I could run with this. Yeah. That's what's up. Yeah, so that's kind of where it started, and it just bloomed from there, you know? So when you, when, like, when people, when you meet people, like, and you introduce yourself, how do you usually do it? Like, is it just, like, like when they ask you, what do you do? From what it was to what it is now, I mean, I used to be a lot more louder about what I do. Yeah, Just yeah. to, like, initiate and invite people to, like, know and, you know, exposure I'd be in traffic and I see a fixed up car. I literally like, hey, here's my car. I don't even know them. And they're like, yeah. who's this guy? I'm like, bro, I got parts. I'll hook you up. And they're like, all right, cool. I was very engaging, you know? Yeah. And I was younger. You know what I mean? When you're young, you have that energy. You're, you're um, ecstatic and you're full of energy. So as I got older, then it kind of the work showed itself. And now we are an establishment. And people already know of us that I don't know them. So it's it, it's real wild to see that transition yeah. like from what it having to basically do backflips to have to sit in the background yeah. <laughs> and try to be a, avoiding people you know yeah so nowadays i don't say shit yeah he's like i'm money i'll go to car meets and just hang out like with the group you know and then they'll, at the end somebody will say oh well he owns a shop yeah and people are like what you own this oh that's your shop that's kind of how the conversation sparks up nowadays how long did it take to adjust to that like like adjust years, to get out of that hustle years. yeah i've been in the game now i found my shop 2010, 13 years. Dang. I would say like by the time we were in the the Redondo Beach Boulevard location, by then I was already gained so much traction that I had to kind of be low key or try to start transitioning to be more like, all right, 
this shit's already going. I don't need to be out loud and about it. You know, like people are out here repping us. We got stickers. We got our merch line. You know, so it's cool. Yeah, it's nice. It's, that that just shows the growth over time. You know, what how, I mean? That's how long the way did I it take to get it. to that point? That was I would say about a good six, seven years. Nice. Yeah, six to seven years confidently. Where after that. We kind of put our foot down. People knew. Yeah. You know, people knew. That's what's up. Yeah. We'll get into that a little bit later, but I did want to start off like, you know, talking about where you're from, where you grew up, how, you know? Yeah. What was that like? Um, So I'm like first gen. Um, My parents came in like 1990. It's funny. They came in 91 and I was born like 20 days later. Oh, wow. Yeah. We got lucky. Yeah. (laughs) And um, we, I mean, we came... Straight to LAX, boom, straight into Inglewood. And then all our families in South Bay, like 310 Harbor area. So we've, and till this day, anybody that comes from our country, they land, they set up shop here. They just end up living over here because we're all together over here. So I have about like 200 plus family members just in South Bay. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, from Torrance to Inglewood. So Where, uh, where's your family from? Pakistan. Okay, nice. Yeah, so we're a tight niche family and, and we grow together and, um, that's all I know, you know? It's, yeah. it's, it's weird to not have any cousins. I, I meet people that don't have big family. I'm like, damn, this must be wild, you yeah, know? Yeah, exactly. I go anywhere, I'll run into family. Yeah, that, that's how it is for me, too. We have a pretty big family, as you, you already know. And I trip out with some of my friends who are, like, only childs. I'm like, I cannot even imagine. Yeah, bro. <laughs> like, like, being in a house by myself. <laughs> don't worry. Yeah, we working, we working. <laughs> that's the thing. I, that's another thing. I'm like, I feel like an octopus. Like, I always got my hands everywhere, but balanced. Yeah. You know, like, everything got to be well executed and done properly. But that's another reason why I feel like we, we grew the way we grew. Because that. Know, going so hard like, every day. Yeah. So, like, what, you say you grew up and you guys landed in Inglewood. What was it like growing up in Inglewood? I mean, coming from where we're coming from, it's a lot better. Yeah. But then, given where we came, it's not the best place. <laughs> yeah. But for us, it was, hey, we're here, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I feel like our people, they usually stick to the areas where there's people they know from mm-hmm. back home are there, too. So it's like mm-hmm. that peace of mind, comfort. And, you know, with religion, you kind of get, get your network like that. Anywhere you go in the world, if you're a Christian or if you're Jewish, you go to the temple or you go to church and you meet your people and then you're comfortable. You, may, you know, you find a community. So we have a community in Inglewood. We had a mosque. And that's kind of where, like, everything, all the networking and growth just comes from there, bro. You know, because you get involved with people that have been here, they kind of help you out. So, you know, it, it was hard because obviously crime ridden, all that stuff. But it just wasn't like third world crime. But we knew better. That we knew we understood where we were at. So growing up, like obviously you have pick a side. There's only like three professions in that area. Yeah, <laughs> you could go. You know yeah. what kind of route. So, um, a lot of my family like troublemakers. Mm-hmm. You know, tough guys and stuff. So, I kind of just got into cars. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Like I could have went the tough guy route, but I kind of didn't have to. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like my my cousins were already out there wild, and everybody knows. So. Well, I, what was yeah. it like being like, um, I think it's pretty cool, like you said, to like, obviously it's better from where you came from, but it still wasn't the best. Like, how how was it, was that like a hard thing to accept? Like, man, like, you know, trying to, I, was, I guess, <clears throat> I don't want to say weird, it, it sounds weird to be like, except being grateful, but, you know, some people are like, oh, yeah. this is trash, but. No, 100, 100, 100%, because in my background, my culture, there's obviously, it's like a stereotype, right? Like, oh, this fool got it. Like, they got 10 businesses, they got 15, but that's not really the case. Yeah. Because then if you go to like, 
last time at Allegra, you're going to see the same demographic. And he's just like the guy next to him working at the register. You yeah. know, it's just minimum wage getting by, taxi drivers. So that's all. And we, there's always like, you know, what do you call that? There's um, classes and even in our, our, our uh, culture and, mm-hmm. and where I, who I am. So we are more of the people that are struggling, you know, like pops is living hand to mouth. So yeah. you see that, you see that growing up and then the environment you're in, you kind of know like, okay, we came here, we are here now, but we got to progress. And I feel like, He's going for it. <laughs> yeah. Getting that thing done. Now, for me, it was like, okay, well, my parents did the job of bringing us here, right? So mm-hmm. now I got to, like, kind of step it up and take us to the next level. So f- it was, like, normal to us that we we're in that situation. Mm-hmm. And so we didn't complain much. But, yeah, whenever you see the other guys from, like, Orange County or, like, the kids that, oh, my dad owns 10 gas station. Your dad works for my dad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> then you kind of see the difference, right? And, like, materialistic things. Levels like, to it. Yeah, you know, like, we... Growing up, we, we, we had to get hand-me-downs. You feel me? Like, we didn't get the newest toys or the newest electronics. Get them next year, <laughs> you know? Like, so, so for that, you obviously want better in life. And I feel like that was, like, a feel to me. And then seeing your parents struggle, you know, and, or, or be conservative on spending or, like, arguments. You know, parents fight over finances. and You kind of take all the, I mean, anybody, you take it how you want. Not everybody sees it the same way I see it. But for me, it was like, all right, I don't want to deal with this when I'm an adult, you know? And uh, given I'm not, I mean, I'm not dumb, but school is just not my interest. I've, I just landed more towards business. I've seen a lot of hustlers in, growing up, you know, like neighbor, in the neighborhood. That, yeah. How they move, you know? And I was like, I want to be like that guy. Yeah. So I kind of took those steps. So Makes yeah. sense. Yeah. So how was that How was that dynamic like then? Like, because I can relate to that about not being really, like being smart, but not into school. So it's like, even though like your parents might understand that, like how was that dynamic when you're like, you're not doing great at school, and it's just like... Oh, that's the thing. Like, my parents weren't... They didn't understand that. Because my dad was a doctor back home. Oh, wow. Well, when we came here, he kind of, like, surrendered everything just to come here. Like, sacrifice, right? So he had to dumb it down and become, like, a basic dude. And until this day, 32 years later, he's still a basic dude. He has nothing, like, as far as, like, what he could have built back home. It was almost impossible for him to do it here, you know? So... With that, they really wanted me in school. They really pushed me. But like your environment, obviously, right? It, when I was in, in the environment I was in, they don't understand. Like, if I wanted to do school, that had to be my personal preference. Because I'm not going to, there's a lot of kids I grew up with in my apartment complex that went to UCLA, USC, full ride. You know? That's crazy. And it's wild, right? And we live in the same complex. Like, yeah. what's the difference between me and you? We go to the same school. But he took that serious. Mm-hmm. So it's really what you take serious and then you apply yourself and the results just show within time. So the hard part is when you want to step out and they call it nowadays entrepreneur. Uh, you know, to me, it's just a, like a hustler. You know what I mean? Like, that's the way I look at it. Like a hustler, like you're going to make it happen no matter what. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not trying to open 50 businesses. I care for less. You know what I'm saying? I just <laughs> yeah. want a stability in my life. You know, mm-hmm. so for that, I'm a hustle. It makes sense. So you simplify things. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. That's the way I look at it. Okay. So... so- I know you said you got so you instead of you had different paths you could have went you could have went along as far as like you know some more like rowdy stuff mm-hmm. but you went towards cars like what how did that what did that look like when you say you you went towards cars I went towards cars because 
the rowdy stuff was fun while you're young and you're short-minded. Yeah. But then people don't see the after effect. Mm-hmm. But when you have that in your household, like your cousin's going to YA and <laughs> your other cousin's twacked out, beating up moms to get money, like crazy stuff. You're just yeah. like, what the hell? This is trash, bro. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? Like, y'all try to do this? Like, yeah. y'all look cool over there, but when you come home, like, there's no respect. Yeah, exactly. And then for me, it was like, I want the opposite. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I want my household to respect me. And when I walk out the house, I want to be going out to flourish. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? So when I saw the the downside of it, that, that kind of like turned me off heavy, you know? And then I, I lost a cousin too, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? To violence and drugs. I've, I've lost a few family members and, and they're lost in their ways and their things, you know? But seeing that, you take that experience because to me, like, you see their mom suffer, you know? So mm-hmm. that kind of hit me different. And I was like, man, my parents can't even take care of themselves. I'm going to stress them out even more. Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's the way I was looking at it. I guess I was mature for my age. That's what's up. Yeah, because so, I, I don't think a lot of people think about it. Think about, don't. you know, we always think about, especially when I was young, when I was young I'm like, I'm trying to do what I want to do. Yeah. But yeah. you don't really think about how that might affect, affect your parents at home. Yeah, it's all about what you, you know, at a certain age. Yeah, I think like uh, my parents split when I was like seven years old, and in our culture, it's very rare and it's like unheard of, right? You marry somebody, you die with that person. Like that's how it goes. So I kind of had to like step it up and be the man of the house at a young age. But our our culture doesn't really train you for that, and you kind of have no ex- examples to lead by either, because no one talks about that kind of stuff, and so that's kind of why. Even though I'm from Pakistan, but like even Pakistani people don't even know half the time that I'm from Pakistan because I'm so like in tune with the Cali lifestyle, the LA people. Mm-hmm. Like that's where I connected with those cats. Like those became my true homies too because we had the same struggles in the household. You know? Yeah. But it's like we're not the same ethnicity. Yeah. But we live in the same block, we go to the same school, we got the same problems at home. So I kind of bonded with all these people. So I'm very like multicultural in that sense of like nice. race, color. It don't matter to me mm-hmm. because I'm. And, and, you know, everybody thinks they're the best or whatever, you know, and my people, they usually, they're not arrogant, but they're very cultural and they're very proud, right? But yeah. then there's also problems within our culture too. Mm-hmm. So I kind of seen that firsthand. So I'm like, okay, can't judge nobody from where they come from, what they are. You got to judge them how they live and their lifestyle. Exactly. You know, so that kind of helped me a lot to reach out to all the different people and I'm just like a genuine person with anybody. So that's why people, they, they attract to you like that. Exactly. Because you know? they're like, this guy's straightforward. Exactly. No gimmicks. You yeah. know? There's no favoritism here. Like, mm-hmm. treat everybody equal, bro. That's neat. So and I want you to talk about that a little bit more as far as like growing up in L.A. Like, how was it like learning some, like learning about all these different cultures? Because L.A. is a... It's a melting pot. It really is a melting pot. Yeah, so many different cultures. Was, yeah, man. I, so like, our parents always want to obviously do better like everybody else, right? So like... <clears throat> I'll give it to them. Even amongst arguing and bickering, you know, the parents, they still, like, try to, like, get better, do better. So little by little, we transition to, like, better cities. Or if I was still in Hawthorne, we use, like, fake address of a cousin in Redondo Beach, sent me to school there, you know? Yeah. So I always went to different schools, too. So I, I know a lot of people from everywhere because, you know, I'd be in different cities, different schools. Because my mom always wanted me school, 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 go to good school, this, that, you know? But even that didn't work. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, I still did what I wanted to do, but it worked out for me somehow. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, that's pretty much what it was. So, I, I like, I'm really in tune with my people, but I'm just in, as in tune with just the community and where I am, where I live, you know? Yeah. It's wild. Like, I could be anywhere from this side of the 110 to Pasadena, and I got peoples 
all through up and down that, you know, even from this side of 91 to the, the IE, like, people know, you know, like, yeah. it's, it's wild. That's, that's what's up. That's, that's pretty neat. That's one thing I, you know, we, I, my, me and my girlfriend, we, we always go back and forth because she's from the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. I'm not technically from L.A., but I grew up here. And I'm like, oh, we always go back and forth because she's like, like, what's better? What's better? And I'm just like, I don't know. I always feel like, the, like you said, the melting part, like the fact that you can come to L.A. from any any situation and find a place, as long as, especially like, like you say, you, you grew up in Inglewood. Like just the fact that you're from Inglewood is enough for some people like, like, yeah, we grew up from the same neighborhood. So like, yeah. we might as well kick it, if, you know, if you're a yeah. good person. No, definitely. Like, I, and it kind of like, it breaks the ice. Like people kind of feel some type of way. Because then now I live in Torrance, right? I've yeah. lived in Torrance for like now... I'm getting a lot older now, man. I'm 32, so, like, probably, like, half my life, you know? And, like, we lived in the hood. Like, it was, like, mostly, like, my young, young years, you know? But the thing is, when your church is still in the hood and your parents are very involved with the church, you could live anywhere in the damn area, but you're still going to go there every Friday, every Saturday, every Sunday. And then you have family that still lives there. So it's crazy. Like, I've seen, like, the good areas and the bad areas, but consistently, you know, like I would be Monday over here in Torrance going to school. And then come Friday, I stand it, stay the night in Inglewood. Yeah. Then I'm there till Sunday. <laughs> so then it's like you're hanging out with those guys. But then you come back to school on Monday over here. So it's like people always knew. It's funny because people always knew on the nicer areas, like this fool's not from here. <laughs> you know, so I, I mean, even though I, my parents put all the effort and put me there, I felt more comfortable with my boys back on the other side of the tracks. So even in high school, they everybody knew, like, oh, his cousins are crazy, you know? So, like, when my cousin show up to pick me up on a Friday, it's like, oh, go from the other gate because Moon's cousins are here. Yeah. They look too dangerous, you yeah. know? Like, there's a different demographic, right? Mm-hmm. I went to high school in Torrance, but that's the thing. I, I, I was in North Torrance. North Torrance is, like, a huge melting pot, and we live on this street called Yukon, which goes all the way to Inglewood, too. So I know Inglewood, the Yukon from Inglewood, and all the way to Yukon to where I live today. And on my blog, there was Vietnamese, Samoan, black people, Sri Lankans, Indians, Pakis. It's just like mixed, bro. Yeah. And like, I really genuinely love that because then there's no like uh, favoritism or there's no like superior, you know, like you go to certain areas, you just feel uncomfortable. Yeah. It's not like that. On, that and, and it wasn't like that in school either. Everybody got along, everybody was cool. And everybody understood that, okay, those, those people, those, like, everybody had their groups, but we still intermingle with each other, and we still respect each other, you know? There was never, like, racial stuff, because, like, over there on that side, you see a lot of racial tension and BS, you know? In high school, all those riots and stuff, you always hear about Hawthorne High, Senella, mm-hmm. but in, in North, there would just be brawls. Yeah. <laughs> we were just we were fighting, just fighting yeah. yeah, we were just fighting. It didn't come out about the color. That's what's up. So, so I want to ask you then, like, how did you, could you, you say you got into cars, how did that, like, how did that, like we know, was pops in the cars or like how did that? Nah, get into my dad, he's not a car guy at all. <laughs> but I don't know what it was. I was born with it, bro. Mm-hmm. Like I got pictures of since I was a toddler, car guy. Okay. Like there's kids that want to play with action figures. Kids want to play with Hot Wheels. I was a Hot Wheels kid, so I had a Power Wheel. I had model cars. Like anything car related, you you know you get on my good side. So that's just how it was. Like I always was into cars and. As I got older, I, I wanted to do business, obviously, because I got kicked out of high school, and then I was—I tried to do insurance with my pops, and the the whole suit and tie cubicle is not for me, you know. Like I feel so trapped and claustrophobic. 
I needed my, I like retail. I like, I like to deal with people, people dealing money, doing, seeing stuff come sales daily. So retail was like, kind of like my stick. Um, but I knew that to be successful, you got to stick to what you know mm -hmm. and kind of do what you're known for. Mm -hmm. And uh, I had a good name out like with, with the friends I hung out with in the car scene and all the car, like I got away from the trouble stuff and I got into cars and when I got into cars, I met all these different people that were just like me, like your brother. Mm -hmm. <laughs> That's why me and Mar, we've been like homies because we kind of have the same kind of struggles, mm -hmm. same kind of environment mm -hmm. from the same area mm -hmm. and we have the same interests. Mm -hmm. So like, you can't beat that kind of bond, you know, and then you grow with those type of people. You're genuine, like, We've seen a lot of shady guys. They just come and go in our eyes, you know. But look, we, I've, I've been friends with your brother for 15 years. Wow. You know what I'm saying? A long time, bro. And it's crazy that I'm talking about this today, and he, he runs, like, the tech side of it. He's, like, our master tech. Mm -hmm. But, like, my first car meet I ever went to is the day I met your brother. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's and crazy. that was in high school. Oh, wow. That's crazy. Yeah. And the guys that helped me modify my first car... Their storage is in the back over here. Oh wow! Yeah, small world, crazy, right? <laughs> it just it's, it trips me out, you know. And this was so long ago, and today, look what we're what we doing. Yeah, you know? and I, that's crazy too. Cause I had a the I interviewed a guy. His name was Gabriel, and came from he he said he came from the hood too. And I remember him talking about like, I want to ask you if this is true for you too. Growing up in environments like that. Growing up in environments like that, he said you kind of learn how to, like almost what's the word, um, like read body language, kind of like you kind of oh, you kind of can like feel like when People someone comes dealing, in and they're being that that skill is like it's a very rare skill to have mm -hmm. skill set, but it really is based off your experience. It, it, See, we, we grew up with having businesses in the swap meets. Mm -hmm. Those are like the most successful people that I saw growing up. Because mm -hmm. like the guys that own like 20 gas stations and stuff, they stay in Orange County. <laughs> but the guy that got like three shoe stores in the swap meet, he still stays in Gardena. Yeah. So watching these uncles and how they work, like these fools were immigrants, man. Like they didn't know English that well. And you know, in the hood, there's a lot of ignorant motherfuckers. So they will come in act a fool, take advantage, you know what I mean? Be rude, this, that, but store's still standing, you know? Uncle ain't got beat up, nothing. Like, he knows how to deal with them because he deals with this environment every day. He lives in it, too. So for us, like, you kind of just watch that. So then when I, I got into uh, retail, I was working in Swami, too, you know? And I dealt with so many different types of people, and we didn't have no security. <laughs> I mean, we had a guy walking around with a security shirt, but you know, he was about, yeah, he was about he wasn't doing shit, nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then the cameras didn't, weren't even wired up. Yeah. <laughs> just, we're just, here just deterrence. Dealing with robbers, pins, gangsters. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like all kinds of like wild dudes, you know, short tempered, short minded, crazies. So that kind of like really built up my skill set. Yeah. And then like having to like, uh, go to these car events, you meet people from like different areas. So not everybody's like that. So you got to kind of switch it up and like, you know, talk, you know, you, you just kind of, like you said, people reading. So you kind of know who's who, right? So I don't know. For me, it's easy because I, I kind of sat around a lot of different types of people, different personalities and backgrounds. So 
It makes it easy. Can you even imagine fully establishing your life so far as becoming a doctor, then having to leave that all behind to come to America and become a regular dude? Now imagine the amount of pressure that puts on a child in that circumstance. This was the environment that Moon found himself growing up in, in the hood of Inglewood. But as you may notice, that didn't stop him from understanding what he wanted for himself. When tempted with the other paths that were common from the people of his neighborhood, he had the foresight to understand that those lives caused more destruction than good and stuck to what he loved, cars. This is a lesson we can all apply now. When we find ourselves admiring someone's hustle slash lifestyle, we need to filter that through what we want for the future and check if that lines up. Now let's follow Moon's story as he talks about how he combined his passion and his business. That's what's up. Yeah. So I, I want to kind of shift gears then and go into like Mafia Motorsports. And I know you said, you know, we talked at the beginning that you, you know, you just had to hustle and let everybody know and give everybody a car. Like what, what made you think, think like, you know what? I want to start a business around cars. Uh, well, like I said, I see my parents struggle financially and I mean, for me, I'm like, every day is a pro- pro- progress day. Like, I take every day, like, I'm going to be better than yesterday. But not everybody thinks like that, so I didn't see that on my, from my dad, you know, like, as much as, like, progression, right? Like, he worked hard, he maintained, still maintaining it. Really, you know, we had everything we needed. But then there's a, it takes a certain individual to kind of want to change, right? Like, a change is different than stability, I feel like. like and, the, and the change takes more risk. Yeah. Stability is always a safe way. And um, when I had a death in the family, I realized that, man, just go all in, bro. Like, see where it takes you, because look at this. You know what I mean? Like, you could be gone like this, bro, and then you can't do nothing. There's no retries or, you know, you can't restart. Yeah. Like, it's a wrap. So, and I got that, uh, like, a eye-opener experience when I was only 18 years old. Yeah, I kind of just was like, okay, I'm just going to do business, bro. I just want to focus on making money. Yeah. You know, not to get, like, uber rich, but to not have to see this kind of stuff with my children in the future because I don't want to give them no excuse at all. Well, we live here, so we had to do this. Or, mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or, like, neglect them. Like, I, I kind of just, like, I seen life and death at an early age, and it kind of shook me, you know? Yeah. So I was like, just put all your energy into this, bro, and see what it takes you. And that, this is where it brought me, where we are today. Yeah. So, like, how, what made you go? <coughs> did you guys start with service? Did you guys start with parts? Like, how did that start off? Uh, honestly, like, uh, I started with just parts. Okay. And then um, I was young, so I had no credit. I had no, like, I had a bank account, but it wasn't a healthy bank account. I had no, <laughs> like, nothing backing me up, yeah. you know? So I kind of just had to do it based off favors. Um, I was buying and selling cars on Craigslist. So I sold like two, three cars, saved up a few thousand dollars and uh, pretty much just went all in. Like, but what I did was I took half of my dad's office in the first six months because it was empty. And I just paid him like five, six hundred dollars a month. And I was like, let me save up a first like a down payment to get a store, you know. So that's what I did. And um, once I did that, since I told you, like I started retail work in uh, Swami, they offered me a store in there. So, so, so I took that and I ran with it because I knew there was no background check. It's month to month. It's very, like, low risk. 
And I sat there for a couple of years. But what helped me was because I'm from the area. Everybody already knew me. You feel me? So the only challenge that I had that I noticed was people were scared to come there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you were from like San Diego or Costa Mesa and you pulled up on Rosecrans and Western, you're going to be like, yo, what the? Nah, I just keep driving, bro. Yeah, think this is the wrong place. Mm-hmm. You don't know how many people I sent the address to and they just never showed up. And then I came, and then a couple of times I realized I see, I'm standing outside smoking a cigarette and I see a nice fixed up car slow down, look, and then keep driving. I was like, dang. They're just, this is not the area or the demographic. You know what I mean? They're just probably like, you know, sketched, right? Yeah. For me, it's normal. Mm-hmm. Like, this is where I grew up. Like, mm-hmm. You know, but I get it. That's when I realized, okay, be here for as long as you can. And then boom, you got to level up. Okay. And how, so how did you, while you were there, how did you like, was it just usually sticking to people in the same neighborhood or how, how did you get people to overcome that? Like stepping in the door? Uh, I just had a badass whip. <laughs> I literally just had a badass whip. Yeah. <laughs> and, and like, for, for my age and that time, that car was, like, like this. Yeah. Pretty much. And Marlon was there with me the whole time. See, the from beginning to end, the build, you know? So And I built that car because I knew, like, okay, I don't have tons of, like, I don't have no investors, no, like, backing. And I can't just level up and show all this fake, you know? People do that. Mm-hmm. You know? that's, that's business, right? But I kind of started from from zero, from nothing, right? So I just went at my pace, and, I, and my car really spoke for the company. Yeah. And I did every car show, every car meet. I was just out and about. And when I'm out, I'm handing out cards. So when they see the whip and they're like, man, I want my car, they're going to show up. They don't care if you, you're somewhere in the woods, they're going to pull up, you know? So that's kind of what kept bringing business. And then what happens is, is uh, reputation, trust, and uh, referrals, right? All those three things combined really helped me. We started like breaking people's shell and having them come out and they're actually like coming and hanging out. And then <clears throat> my thing is like, I got away from drama and then how I did that was get into cars, right? And I noticed that there's always drama and there's politics everywhere you go, right? But um, I was, cause I owned a shop in the area. I was cool with everybody. But what I noticed is motherfuckers had tension with each other. Mm. in the neighborhood that we all had the same interests mm. and I couldn't see that happening because I, where the background I come from because not, not everybody that's into cars came from like a gangbanging experience where they see that firsthand. but I seen it and I'm like bro you guys are fighting and you guys are just fighting over your rims and shit this is petty <laughs> yeah. you know I know people that shoot each other over like real problems you know like nah bro keep that separate that's why I respect low riding so much because low riding is like the very one of the few hobbies where it involves a lot of criminally, criminally background individuals and like gang ridden individuals. But when they get together for the low riding, all that stuff is a, a dead halt. Like no one cares where you're from. No one cares who you shot or what. This is we're enjoying car stuff. And, I, and then that's why I was like, all right, Moon, you always got in the back of my head. I always kept in mind, like with my shop, I got to build a community. And that's where. I feel like we flourished in that because I always looked out for the people, not for the pockets. You know, I just grow with the business. Now, this is what I'm gonna do till I die. So, pay me today, pay me tomorrow, it doesn't fucking matter. Mm-hmm. My thing is, I want to make it strong mm-hmm. for longevity. Mm-hmm. And and what we did is we engage with all our customers on a friendly ba- friendship basis. You know, I've learned obviously over the experience of time, 
you can't get close to everybody that comes in here because, you know, that's not everybody's vibe. But you feel them out. Like you said, people dealing. I know how to read people. I know who's genuine. Kind of know who's a snake and who's trying to take advantage. I call them out right away. And I tell them just go to the next shop, bro, because this is not that type of shop. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're very straightforward here. So people respect that, too. And I've made guys make up in the shop that were like beefing with each other oh, like, wow. you know cause, or I've had where one guy just not showing up because this guy comes here and him and them don't get along and I'm like man y'all petty come y'all like I made people shake hands and make up you know yeah. and they're like homie homies now till, you know and it's like I seen that happen under our roof nice you know so, so that's one of the big things I hold is a community that's what's up you know because this is this is something we do to get away from our daily lives mm-hmm. so you want to have a kind of like a peace of mind when you go out and do it. you don't want to have tension and yeah be worried about who might be yeah, out there bad thoughts and all that BS bro it, it happens still today bro it's a struggle you know yeah. but it's how serious you take it you know so when you when you first started you, know, you say you had the little location what part like what parts were you starting were you selling were you is that what it just to per, per person or did nah. you keep a stock what did that look like no nah, I kept stuff in stock back then it was a different kind of a thing you know like the business has changed a lot since then till now back yeah. then <clears throat> you tend to stock a lot of things because one part may fit five different vehicles or applications so it's cool you know like boom run it send me all this stuff so i used to stock a lot of like honda parts you know what i mean that's why jdm mafia was like the start all the honda guys were coming and, and the same part that fits the civic fits integra and so I was selling a lot of like little things and those type of cars they're easy to work on and it's usually do it yourself in your driveway type mods right Mm -hmm. and uh, that's where it was easy for me to unload parts because people were coming to grab stuff that they wanted to go and do on the weekend on their car so it was easy you know what I mean Uh, corner lights control arms (laughs) springs you know camber kits Mm -hmm. anything that could be added on and it's not rocket science wheels and tires you know like I always had the plug because when you come to a place like this, we're access, we're, we have access to certain items that you... Otherwise, it would be impossible for you to find unless you go through somebody like me. You know what I mean? So that's where the industry falls into play, and that's how we keep a, like, a tight niche industry, you know? That the, the people only deal with certain people. So I, I tell people a lot, like, oh, I want to do this. It's not as easy as it looks, and I talk about it so like calmly, confidently. It's because it's my life. Mm-hmm. And... It's been my life. I didn't decide at 33 I want to go do this. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, this is kind of where I took the chance as a teenager, and this is what it led to, you know? So, so at what point did you start to, like, incorporate, like, the service part of it? Service part is uh, I, when we moved out of the swamp meet. Okay. Well, even before that, actually, we used to do it, but it used to just be, like, side job shit. Like, Marlon would get off work and be like, yo, I'd be like, hey, Marlon, this food needs this installed. What's good? He's like, all right, send him over right now. Boom, all right, I'm going to try. Like, you know, break off Marlon. Like, we just did it like that. And we were at your uh, mom's apartment. (laughs) Legit working on cars that I sold. And the swap meet was across the street from the crib. Oh, wow. It's not far, you know? But then I moved to a retail, like an actual retail store in Torrance next to El Camino College. Mm -hmm. And I happened to live across the street, too. So then what I did was I I started pushing the installs more. Because, like, I always work on, like, two-year plan, four-year plan, five-year plan. So that was like the thing, like, bill it. Okay, now, when I got to the Redondo store, like, our parts shit was on lock. Like, our Black Friday sale was the biggest sale of the year. Um, it looked like the Supreme store. I had people camping out from midnight till 6 a.m. And there was like 40 people in line, 5.30 in the morning, yeah. 
I live across the street, keep in mind. So yeah. <laughs> I walk out and preaked and I just seen a line. He's like, I'm yeah. like, dang, they're here for me, you know? Yeah. So I at that moment I already knew. Like we, we uh we got the parts side on lock, you know, and now we need to focus on building a service side. Because we're already trustworthy, you know what I mean? So I want to expand the business too. So then uh, I use my garage to do installs. And that's when I hired somebody as a tech, you know? And it's funny because Marlon wasn't even, Marlon's been here like four or five years only, which is crazy. But he's been my homie, so he's always been involved. He's always been here every day. But now he's running game with me in the shop, you know? He's, he's getting paid for it, so. Yeah. Um, I had hired a couple other homies as techs in the past. You know, we had a, three Jose's. <laughs> we had Jesse and we had... Uh, What's his name? Daniel. Okay. Yeah, and they're all people I knew, good guys, you know what I mean? I still keep in touch with all of them. It's all respect, it's all love, you know? And um, we basically started the installs and we got really busy. It came to a point where I was pulling out like, pulling in and out like three, four cars a day out of the garage and I was like, I live in a townhome, like I don't want my neighbors to trip, you know? You do it within limits because I've lived there for so long. They respect me, they're cool with us, but I don't like to... uh, mess things up either you know i kind of get the hint when i got the gist all right this is rolling now and um we moved into the back to gardena after that after being there for four years we moved back to gardena and we got a garage so then i had a retail space and a garage and we had a lift and that's when i was like yo mar come on you know like just jump in bro like i need now things are rolling like i need somebody here with me that i trust i can rely on and that you know it's a good work like your brother man he works really hard man Real talk, you're the hardest, one of the hardest working men I know, and he handles this shit. I love that fool. <laughs> you know, he, he matched my energy. That's why we work so well together. You know what I mean? We just try to take care of our, our family, and we just like cars. We're simple. Mm-hmm. So it works. It's easy. So um, was it was it hard shifting from the parts to the, to the service? Was that like a... Because I, nah. I imagine there's more money in the service, but I feel like it's also a lot more liability in the service. It, yeah, it goes hand in hand. I mean, there, it's, it's wild because... I did all right when I didn't install parts either. I was cool. I was chilling. I bought, I got, I got into real estate when I was like 21, 22, and that's before I even got the store in Gardena. I was already out buying land off of what? Selling parts. You know, that says a lot in its own. Um, but the thing is, you know, you get older. Like I used to drive a Civic in high school, and it was all done up very clean, but today I have an S-Class. But I'm just older now, right? So I feel like with your business, the same dynamic. Like you got to just level up at a certain point. So that was this, the time to level up. And, and I did it. The thing is, I never rush things because I like to get things done properly and handle them. Like, if it's half-assed, I don't even mess with it. That goes with anything in life. You know, like, things got to be on point. If I'm going to do it, I do it nicely. So that was, like, always in the back of my mind. Like, do it when you feel comfortable. And that's what we did. I, I obviously ease in the service. And as it progresses and we see how it goes, it flourishes. And then we're ready. We just take it and run with it. You okay. Know? So... Kind of like we were there for six years and we got really known for our service and our parts now. Mm-hmm. And then we, we outgrew that spot. So now we're in a bigger place now. And this was also like I had to get pushed off my chair to kind of get back up and be like, oh, damn. Yeah. You know, this was that's, that's how I took this. I, I wasn't ready to make the move, but I had to make the move. Yeah. And now that I did it, I see nothing but good things coming from this, even though it's a big step, cost a lot. But if I was scared, I wouldn't be where I am today. 
you know? So I kind of just had to suck it up and, and go with it and see where it took me. And like now what we're gonna do is now we're gonna get into off-road. That's where we're transitioning to, yeah. Oh, wow. That's why Marlon got that Ridgeline. I've had a couple of trucks. Mm -hmm. But we've just been dabbling with it in the background. Because, you know, I don't like to sell stuff I don't know about. I got to know the product in and out. And I got to be confident in my product. So we've been R&Ding with our personal whips. You know what I mean? We got trucks. We got a little confident. So now I'm going to uh, basically start offering off-road lifts, wheels, tires. But, yeah. But I want to do, I want to hit a niche, which is European SUVs. So I'm trying to do the Euro off-road, something different, but, yeah. you know, eye-opening and, and refreshing, you know? Okay. And, and do the classic Toyota trucks like we usually do. But that's what I plan to do here now, you know? that that Everything else is, like, handled. It's it's in rotation. Now we got to, like, it's always progress, progress, progress. That's the way I see life, and that's the way you should, you know? Like, you should always look what's the next move, what's the next big step, so. So I, I, wanna, I do want to take a step back because... I want to get more into like the hustle part of it. Like how, I know you talked about it a little bit as far as like you went to different meets and whatnot. How did that like, you know, what was the mindset and like, how did you like continue to like, you know, promote the business and get people to, you know. It's just passion, bro. Mm -hmm. I mean, cause when I'm not, bro, when I didn't have anything, this is what we were doing. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like now we just built a hub for us to do it and, and get taken care of for our time doing it. So. That's what I tell people, like, it's, I, I don't know. Sometimes it's surreal to me, too, you know? Like, I know I'm not, like, on top of the world. Right? I got all this YouTube money and stuff. But for, for what I thought my life would turn out to be and what it is today, I'm very grateful. I'm very thankful, you know? But I know that I put in the effort to get where I'm at, too. So that kind of fuels me to keep going and be more progressive. Because I know you put in the work, you get the res results. And um, the only thing is you got to take your time. You got to pace yourself because you run out of energy too soon then you, you're not gonna want to do nothing but that's why they say do what you love to do mm -hmm. don't try to you know that and the another thing is like i never looked at what the next man is doing because those guys are always stuck in those predicaments and i ain't got time for that you know i gotta figure me out so i focus on myself i did with my i pursued my passion and it paid off you know oh i knew i always wanted to open business i was like i'll sell anything because i'm honest i'm straightforward and i'm a salesman like i know how to sell you know but I want to sell what I like to sell. What I like, what I would want to buy myself, I want to be selling that. So I could have had a choice. I could open a grocery store. I could have nail salon. It could have been anything, you know what I mean? But I just, I was like, just do what you know, Moon. You're, you know, you're known for cars. Just stick to that. And then I don't have any, like, schooling mm -hmm. credentials or nothing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I had to secure my future, too. So that's when I got into real estate. Because this is just my job. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is somewhere I come. I have a place to sit down, and my bills are taken care of, right? But, yeah, you're not about to become Donald Trump sitting here every day either. You know what I mean? These are just facts of life, so. I just got into investing, you know? And I'm not into, like, like, you know, everybody chooses their own avenues of investing, like stocks or whatever. It's, it's cool. But to be honest, I, I'm not the guy that's going to be glued to the the screens all day. All day trying like, to figure out the and right I'm not going to wake up at 4.30 a.m. see how the market's going. It's not going to happen. Yeah, right. waiting for the right play yeah, and things like I that. I know me, right? So yeah. I'm going to put myself in that predicament. So. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to go safer. I was just investing in properties and yeah. stuff, you know? Because back home, all the people that came here and just bought a subway as soon as they got to the country and bought a car and bought a house, it's because they had land back home. Mm -hmm. 
you know, farmland or whatever it was, and they mm-hmm. sold their land. And they came here and they set up shop. Okay, wow. So, so for me, I've seen it mm-hmm. by experience of the elders. So, oh, it's safe. So that's what I got into. I got into real estate, and now I could say it's ten years in real estate and thirteen years of, as a business owner. So, the real estate is what gives me like the confidence and the peace of mind. You know, like to just be chilling. Like even right now, I haven't made a sale. Nobody's came in, and yesterday was like that too. But I'm not tripping. I do what I love. I don't give a shit, you know? But I did, but I'm sure if I didn't have the background work, I'd be tripping a little yeah, bit. Be, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Because I'm ways. a human too, you mm-hmm. know what I mean? So, and our expenses, everything's getting up there. Everything's getting expensive, you know? I don't want to have that burden. And I don't want to put that on my family in the future, you know? Like, I don't want to be that type of person in the household. I just want to be peace, chill, calm. But you have to set that up earlier in life. So then, like, when it comes to the chill time in life, you could actually chill. You see our parents, bro. They still work, dog. Yeah. <laughs> Hell no. Nah. You, you know what I mean? Yeah. Breaks my heart. <laughs> I, I want to ask you, so you also have a second part of the business that I'm pretty sure a lot of people know too, and that's the, that's the clothing brand. Yep. How did, how did you, what, where did that idea come from? <laughs> it's just... I was like so against it for years. <laughs> yeah. Cause I was like, bro, I see these other shops and they're like merchandise or like, they just don't put any effort behind it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's no really thought to it. They just want to put their name on a shirt yeah, and slap a logo hand it out to a thousand people. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bro, I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like diluting it, I guess you could say. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, it's like, nah, where's going to be the quality in that? So it took me like a good. I didn't drop our first like merch stuff till like six, seven years into the business. Oh wow. Yeah. I did a t shirt and a hoodie. And then those things hit hard, like big. And I was like, damn, you know? But that's because I designed it. You know, like I took my time, I did it like how I would want to wear this stuff and and then sometimes when you wait a little bit, like you get the really nice things, right? So I didn't be I wasn't using cheap garment. Mm-hmm. Like our hoodies were printed on champion hoodies. Oh, you know nice! I mean? They had the champion stamp, the tag. Like, yeah, shit was legit. Mm-hmm. So it's easy to sell a branded merchandise for that price point, like 60, 80 bucks. People buying it. Cause, well, I, cause not only that it's a brand that's like a well-known brand, but it's car related, and that was like my thing. And then when I did that, I realized, like, look, bro, you could really sell this merch stuff, but you got to really take some time and, and, and just cultivate it like I always say I just keep that stuff in the oven like I just told you I had a whole spring line set up right now I haven't even dropped it yet because we have to move our store but I'm not tripping because I know the dynamics of the merchant because see being in business you meet so many different types of people right like sitting here we're working on customer's car seems like he does kind of what you're doing right now right Mm -hmm. so you guys linked but Mm -hmm. this all happened by coincidence exactly so me sitting here every day six days seven days a week at the shop I met so many different type of characters that were from clothing to the skate world famous bmx guy pulls up you know what i mean like so all these people when when you become a important asset to them for like they didn't know cars right i'm the guy that knows cars they come to me if i take care of them genuinely honestly then they're always going to take care of me so i always had that backing by like if i'm doing clothing stuff we had the like we got homies that are pro skaters, homies that sponsor pro skaters that own clothing brands, you know, like, I'm friends with, like, a lot of big names, you know? And these guys are the ones that helped me. Like, they were just like, yo, Moon, do this, do that. They just throw little things in my ear, and it's just all organic. That's the thing. 
with like streetwear and merch to really and it's very that's why it's very hard to succeed in it is it has to be organic yeah you can't just mash some shit up and be a culture vulture you know yeah it's, I mean you can but it's, it, it won't well, go far it's a, you know a short sprint we see it with the anti-social a, social club a dude. year or two and they catch on to your BS yeah. you know but sure you could cash out big on it but then you gotta live with that mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying and I'm more of the people's person so yeah I'm not trying to get over on people like that. I, I got to live with y'all. You know what I'm saying? I got to see y'all tomorrow. Yeah, let's stretch them out in payments. You know what I'm saying? Okay. I don't need all loans on the front. So. That's what's so, up. Yeah, so that's what it was. I bought a lot of clothes. I spent a lot of time on Fairfax. <laughs> and I realized, bro, like, half the, uh, half the stuff I, I wouldn't even buy it because I didn't like the fit or the garment they used. So then I just started making my own. Nice. And then have these people backing you up, eat hand in hand, bro. <laughs> you know, like, everything was always, like, okay, what's the best shirt you could buy right now? What's the best hat they're using right now? Like, I was in with these brands. That the garments they're using, I already had the back-end information mm, on you it. You already knew. No so testing. I'm matching it. Yeah, nice. So I'm matching seasons now. Oh, wow. And that's all stuff, like, people don't, and they see me, and I do cars, they don't know I know that much about clothing stuff, right? That's what's up. Cut and sew and all this stuff. But I learned because a lot of my homies went to fit on fashion school, and they work in these brands, so it's like, it's a melting pot, bro. Like, it's so fun, like, creatives, right? Like you said. Mm-hmm. And when you, you're a creative yourself, you open up a channel to meet other creatives from other industries, and somehow you guys just hit it off. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Because it's, it's the mind. We all open-minded. We think big, right? Mm-hmm. So it's fun to grow with those type of people. And you see where it takes you to, you know, okay. over time. That's what's up. So, like, what's the, so what's the future from here? Like, and I'm not talking about, like, you know, give away any your evil plans, but more like, you know, you have this bigger shop now. Like you said, you told us a little bit about going into off-road. Like, what is, what is the next steps looking like for this and the clothing brand? Just grow, man. We're trying to stick around. Um, we're not planning on going anywhere. I mean, I built a kind of like a household name in, 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 in as far as L.A. and Calif- California goes for like car stuff. You know what I mean? Like for like, you could call it JDM or Stance or Drift, whatever. But anybody that's into cars, they've heard of us, you know? Yeah. And it's all good things. So, so for that, like now, my dad always used to tell me, like, because even my father, like I said, he's been here. He's still not self-sufficient. You know what I mean? The homeboy still struggles and stuff. But I respect him because he, he, he gives me that balance of, like, without anything, you could still be chilling. Like, this is nothing, bro. When you die, you don't take it with you, you know? My dad's more the intellectual guy. And I see him. He's more of a community person. He's not about money at all, so... He puts that balance in my head. He always told me that, like, right now, Moon, like, you're on a flight. Your 747 took off. But eventually, you're not going to keep going. You're gonna, that shit's going to explode, right? It got to go like this at some point. So the real challenge is keeping it afloat. So that I feel like I'm at that stage now. Keeping it afloat. But not keeping it afloat just for me. Like, I still want to progress, you know? Like, I want do the biggest things you can imagine I want to do, you know, but as far as my day-to-day life and the business, this is what I'm focused on, you know, keep, keep things rolling and, and just a gradual incline year by year. I'm, I'm happy with that because I have a peace of mind already, you know, like financially, in a sense, I know what direction I'm going in, so it's cool, you know? Yeah. That's what's up. Moon watched his parents do the best they could, and yet they still struggled to get by. And he quickly realized that in order to avoid that fate, he would have to start a business. With little to nothing to back him up, he had to rely on his two biggest strengths, 
his knowledge and passion for cars, and his people dealing skills. When he was low on funds, he took the Craigslist to buy and flip cars until he saved enough money to start selling parts. Then he convinced his pops to rent out part of the office to start stocking more parts to sell. The best part is when he had his first shop in a harsh area, he used his own whip as marketing to create trust with potential customers. Moon was willing to do whatever it took to progress the business, but not at the expense of the community. Remember, I look out for the people, not the pockets. This mentality has paid dividends, allowing him to branch out in the real estate game and open bigger and better shops. We have to understand it's easy to throw our hands up when faced with a less than desirable circumstance. But if we take the mindset of Moon and use what little we have, we could find ourselves in places that we couldn't even imagine. Let's continue to listen as we hear him explain how he watches those around him for not only what to do, but also what not to do. So now I want to kind of talk about like, and I like how you kind of, you kind of talked about it a little bit about the balance of it all. Like how, like you say, you're here six, seven days a week. Like how do you, how do you work so much and like have that hustle and, you know, have that, you know, sit down and design the ideas and, you know, think about what part, what parts you need and go. I know I've done a little bit of inventory. I, like stuff's not moving. How do I get rid of it? Like, you know, go through all the different things that comes with the business, but also, you know, maintain a social life, you know, check in on parents and hang out with friends. And how does what does that look like for you? Well, that's like what I said. Uh, it's it's the individual. Like for me, like I, when I say I live this, I really live this like. I could be sitting at my girlfriend's house at 10 o'clock at night and I'm replying to like messages and stuff for customers. You know what I mean? Like I, any given time I'm doing something work related, you know, like while you were uh, explaining to me how we're going to do this, I'm sitting there talking to WeWork or Upwork, some guy in Pakistan building a flyer for me right now. Yeah. You know, I'm uploading photos of Homeboy while I'm talking. I'm always multitasking and, 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 you, and you have to be quick. Like, I've, I've had it where back in the days when, like, I sold just parts and it was slow, it would be slow for, like, say, oh, it's 4th of July coming up, damn. Ain't nobody's going to spend money on car parts. Mm -hmm. They're saving money for fireworks and parties and this, you know, mm -hmm. outings. All right. Come, it's Monday. I know 4th of July is on Friday, Thursday. We already got a short week. Because now that's a long weekend, you know? All right. I'm going to throw a 4th of July sale. Nice. Within a split second, boom, start posting. Boom, 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 People start coming in, you know? It's just like I'm always on my feet, you know what I mean? I'm always on my tippy toes quick. Like, okay, let's do this, let's do that, you know? Same with the other thing. We had to move, boom, found a shop. Did we downsize? No, nah, I got a bigger shop. I got a better shop. You know, if I got to do it, I'm going to do it right. I'm not going to be scared and conservative and cheap. No, nah, I passed all that. Yeah, yeah. I made it this far. Is it, is it, is it, um... I guess like you say, you, you live and breathe cars. So, you know, your social life is in the, you know, going to a car meet. And yeah, your bro. The same thing is I gotta being go on, here. I got to go on a ride tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Uh -huh. On a Saturday. And, and I'm working till two right now. Uh -huh. So I got a half day of work. Then I'm going to go do some family stuff. But mm -hmm. I already told the family, look, I got to go on a cruise at like 9 p.m. And, and uh, somewhere off Pasadena. And they're like, oh, that's cool. Yeah. Just show face, eat and leave. Yeah. It's a life balance. You know, I could have been like, oh, sorry, auntie, I can't come to your house because I got a car thing. But I'm at that age now. You know what I mean? I'm not 20, 22 anymore. Where I'd be like, man, there's going to be parties forever. You know what I'm saying? I don't get to eat home cooked food like I used to. You feel me? 
And another thing, they're getting older. They're not always going to be there. So for me, I got to respect that too. And I got to balance, right? Mm -hmm. So boom, spend a little bit of time there, then go out and do me. So that's kind of how I work with life too. Like, and the family knows that now, you know? So, and any female that's with me, she's going to know that too. But I mean, obviously, I'm aware enough to understand I got to balance life, you know? Because some people do get obsessed over work. Then they're just mad, lonely, alone. Angry alone and just always stressing about work. I don't want to be that guy either. Yeah, know? that could happen easily. How do you? What is that like? Um, how should I ask that? Like, what are some of the tools and what are some of the tools you might use, or like, you know, uh, a mindset you might keep to help you help you like not go into the hustle. You know, I'm all I'm doing is hustling, and everything else is on the back burner. I watch other people. Like my one of my best friends, he, he's. He's probably, like, doing 10 times better than me, but he has no balance in life, you know? And you see it, mm-hmm. you know? Years went by, and now nah, I really see it. And it's like, bro, you need to slow down, dog. Like, we got our whole lives to do this, man, but, like, take some time off, dude. You know? And I see that, and then they're like, nah, man, nah. When you're making this type of money, I don't care about nothing else. It's like, you're saying that right now, bro. When you get older, you're going to regret it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I got friends that are so busy with their businesses that I can't even call them and say, let's go get a burger. I get yelled at. <laughs> this guy always wants to just hang out. This I'm like, damn, bro. Like, it's not like that. Yeah. I'm just saying, like, I haven't seen you. Like, no, nah, I'm good. I got, I'm busy. All right. Wow. So I got to hit you up when it's work related. That's the only way I'm going to hang out with you. Those are the type of friends I have. Wow. You get me? So, but then at the same time, I got a couple of friends that are like me, you know, where everything's solid. Family life is good. Work is good. But I still got time for the homies. So it, it's personal preference. We all get we like like we all get dressed. We all dress ourselves up every day. It's just what you want to wear, right? Mm-hmm. Same, same. It okay. goes the same, man. So, do you have any like? Do you have any advice for somebody who might be struggling with that balance? You know, like you might be coming from a similar similar yeah. situation, like you seen what it's like to not have money, and then like now it's like I have to fix that issue, never worry about it again. Like I'll tell you, more money, more problems. What P Diddy said, that shit is real. Yeah, that is facts, bro. So you have to be, at some point in life, content with where you're at. And you got to just, like, stop and smell the roses. That's real, too. These things, they fly over your head when you're younger, these little words, terminologies. But you just get older, you, come, you, you connect with those. You're like, damn, that's deep. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Because, like, I, had, I was told I had to move in, uh, on Valentine's Day. Oh, wow. And since then, I've been, like, tunnel vision. Because, like... When someone comes, when you go to work and someone says, oh, this not, you can't have this work here. Like, you, you don't have your business anymore. Like, it's like your, your livelihood is taken away, right? Mm-hmm. So I was like in a dark, I guess you would call it a dark place. For me, I love challenges. I'm like, all right, watch me, you know? You say I can't do it, watch me do it. But I like to do stuff on my account. That wasn't on my account. So it was a little bit stressful. And I took all that time to just focus on this now because I got too comfortable. The balance part, right? Like, I was way too chill. Like, I was chilling, come a little bit late, leave a little bit early, all that, you know? Because, yeah, at the end of the day, I built this. I've been doing 13 years, like seven days a week. I mean, I'm a human too, bro. Like, I'm going to chill a little bit. I got, then the moment I chilled a little bit, boom, this problem arise. Yeah. Like, kind of got me back on my tippy toes, like, damn it. But it was a good thing, though, you know? Because now it's time to level up. And sometimes, like, God pushes you on the floor to let you know that you can still get up and walk. Mm-hmm. You know, you still have your balance, right? 
it's funny because uh, um, Bill Gates recently gave a, like a commencement speech at the end of a graduation for Northern Arizona, mm-hmm. and that was one of his quotes. His quote was. One of his quotes was, giving yourself a little slack doesn't make you a slacker. Exactly. That's facts, bro. But like you said, it's, it's a little slack. Not take, you know, it might yeah, take the week yeah. off, but don't take the week See? off every week. Exactly. <laughs> and people do that stuff, bro. Yeah. That, that's when the business goes to shit. Yeah. Like the guy that moved our lift here, man, he pissed me off, bro. This guy, I, I, I'm very like well-planned, thought out. I'm, I do everything on point. So I hit this guy like three weeks before. I gave him the date, the time. Yo, we need to move the lift this day, this time. All right, sir, you got it. <laughs> 9 a.m. on a Saturday. Because when I move shops, I don't like to lose not even one day of business. So I do it on a weekend. So by the Monday, we at the new location. Make, makes sense. And um, I got here at 9 a.m. I was waiting on homeboy. He didn't show up till 5 p.m. Whoa, that's yeah. wild. Imagine waiting, what is that, All eight day. hours? Yeah, literally eight hour shift. For a guy to come move uh, the biggest piece of machinery you have for your business to, <laughs> to conduct business at the new place. Yeah. And he's been dodging it the whole day and he set it up a month ago. I was hot, bro. Yeah. And then at five o'clock, he don't even show up. He sends two workers. Oh, wow. And I'm like, man, this idiot. I'm like, I'm about to buy a second lift from this guy. This is how lazy he is now because he's too comfortable. Mm-hmm. He could have sold me another lift and made money on the move mm-hmm. because he didn't show up. He didn't get enough. He had to give me a discount on the move, too. Because when he sent those other guys, I'm like, you're not the worst at all. Sleeping. Sleeping. It's 5 p.m., bro. What do yeah. you mean sleeping? <laughs> that guy, he, he got the good life now. I'm like, oh, bruh. <laughs> That's yeah, crazy. good life. But look how the business is right now. Yeah, exactly. He's sending numb nuts to me and I got to deal with them. They don't even speak English. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah, they didn't know English. So then it was like, a, it was a hard... Uh, to deal with them because you got to put the lift once you put it down that's it yeah <laughs> you know what I mean like it was sketchy man then I was with them for like three hours and like I didn't let them leave till I put my car on the lift and Lifted made sure everything up. cleared because I didn't trust them at that point mm-hmm. and then I grilled them and said you got to give me a discount too because I waited all day for you yeah you know so those are the, that's that's just a clear example of someone that's too comfortable or just made enough money that he don't care no more the business is going to go to shit now and that's what I, 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 I don't want that to happen. That's why I don't have a lot of employees. Makes sense. If I got to sit here and, and greet everybody on my own and, and handle all the orders on my own, I'll do it, you know? It's like... That, building that trust is the tough part. Yeah. People have a bad day. Take, your employee could have a bad day, take it out on your customer, and then you got to deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know? But me being the owner, I know the balance. Mm-hmm. I keep that separate, you know? What's up? Well... Appreciate you. Yeah, man. Um, this is your camera. Let them know where to find you and, and yeah. all that. We'll come by anytime. We're in Torrance now at the Simpsons Racing Alley. It's on 22624 Normandy Avenue, Torrance, California. And follow us on Instagram, JDM Mafia Motorsports. And follow us on TikTok, Mafia Motorsports. Okay. And you can see all the crazy stuff we do day to day. Appreciate you, Moon. Yeah, yeah. Got you, man. Anytime. All right. This is a spe- this is a the Creative Balance Show, and I hope you guys had a good time. We're out of here. Thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Creative Balance Show with the extremely passionate Moon Khan. To find out more about the show and find other episodes like this check out woozyapparel.com forward slash pod 
or you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you prefer to listen to this podcast. If you're watching a video version, do me a favor, like this video and subscribe for more content. And to my audio listeners, if you enjoyed the episode, give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps out a lot. This is Najara, better known as Woozy, and thank you for listening to the Creative Balance Show presented by Woozy Apparel.